was a level headed dancer on the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on my way to Montreal. What's up? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Got a really good episode. Uh, me and Brandon and Will McKay makes his triumphant return to Red Raider Sports. We're going to preview the quarterback position, the linebacker position, the special teams unit, and then we answer your mailbag questions, which were good. Um, lots of good insights from Will and Brandon and just, just a really good primer for the season. So here we go. Welcome in to this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. I've got Brandon Solis joining us as usual, and we've got the special guest, Will McKay, Red Raider sports legend. How's it going, man? I don't, I don't know if legend is the right word. <laughs> it's turned into like a full Kiro status, though. <laughs> I think, I think uh, people may be misremembering my my tenure a little little much that's all right things are good what do they say absence makes the heart grow fonder that's the will mckay story i guess that probably is it (laughs) you know what if that's how we're all remembered you know i think i think that's that that, that's all right there's nothing wrong with that yeah but i appreciate you guys having me on appreciate you on I mean, this is i expect this basically just to be any family get together for us just recorded forever (laughs) <laughs> essentially I and add brandon so. brand brandon's not usually there but we'll add him thank you thank you brandon's talking some football now. so <laughs> <laughs> all right so we've, before we get to the mailbag we've got a few uh depth chart i guess not really depth chart just preview pieces to finish off um and we'll start with quarterback first uh and i think and will i wanted to know your opinion on this um I think the biggest story about the quarterback position is the lack of story. Like I think Red Raider sports wanted this to be a balls to the wall competition. We're not knowing who's starting till first snap and it's not that way. Yeah. And and to me, to me, Taylor, it just always seemed like from pretty much day one uh, this spring and uh, it just wasn't ever even a question uh, for any any of these coaching staff or, or anybody uh, around the program at all, uh, which, you know, I mean, I guess I thought it might be a little bit more of a, them, you know, maybe Coach Wells playing Coy or Coach Yost playing Coy, but it hadn't even been that. It's, you know, it's just been straight up, nope, Allen's a guy, uh, you know, from day one. And I think, I think too, whenever you look back at last season, obviously we just got a pretty small sample size of what Alan Bowman was in Coach Yost's offense, which, um, you know, had its ups and downs. And I think that he tried to force some things last year. And, you know, it's understandable, I think, why some people maybe weren't, you know, as crazy about Allen as they were after his freshman year, um, which obviously got hurt in that year too. But, um, but, yeah, I guess to me it's just it's just what we'll kind of find out here is, is how's he going to look in this offense uh, this year, year two, and I think that a lot of people probably didn't give him enough slack last year in an offense that, I mean, Taylor, you know this, and Brandon, you too. This offense could could not be a – obviously, it's still a spread offense, but it's yeah. just – this offense is the moon to Cliff's offense. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. totally different, different different schematically, different uh, different responsibilities for the quarterback. I mean, the way that they just do everything. 
everything is completely different. So I think it definitely was was breaking some old habits to more fit the mold of this offense. So um, I don't know. For me, I'm not that shocked, but I I was I guess I was just a little bit shocked that they were just so concrete from day one that this is Allen's job and everybody else is just playing back, just playing for backup. Yeah, and I wonder, and Brandon, you can speak to this. I wonder if that's – I could see that two ways. I could see that being like we know we know Allen is going to be the guy, so let's go ahead and say it and just let's not have any type of confidence falling, you know, after having two injuries and, um, you know, just people kind of questioning where he was. Like if we figure he's going to win the job, let's just say it and let's get it over with. Or mm-hmm. Brandon, do you think it like he's just that much better than the other three, four guys? I think we'll said it since day one. And I'm, I mean, I literally since day one, when they got here, Alan was the guy we spoke to him at right after the presser, the introductory press conference, they had coach Yost loves them. He recruited him at Oregon. Um, from what I remember, he, he was in contact with them there and then adding Henry Columbia, Obviously, people started asking questions and just kind of sitting there. But these are two guys, and Maverick McGivery, Alabama, and the injury history has been there. You're bringing in a guy that's familiar with your coaches, familiar with everything but your your team. He's just going to transition there, kind of sit there for you if you if you actually do need him. Unlike a few years ago when we didn't know who the starter was going to be since uh, I guess till the morning of the game when it was I think believe uh, Jet Will you might have been here still, but. I think it was McLean and all those guys. And it was just yeah. kind of like, who's yeah, going to be Jet your starting quarterback? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And ended up, uh, yeah. And then seeing that's kind of what happened here. And then Allen's kind of just been the guy since then. Um, I will, I will be excited to see if against Houston Baptist in particular, if Allen does get this team going and they're up big, if who, who gets to go out there next, is it going to be yeah. Maverick? Is it going to be Henry uh, or Donovan? Smith? That's the I doubt he plays. Too. Yeah, I think – I mean, from what I've seen, Maverick, he just looks really, really good practice. So, I really wouldn't be surprised if we saw him there. And uh, But, yeah, Allen's just been the guy since literal day one for this team. Yeah, and before we get to the, the battle for number two, I want to ask both of you, and, and Will, you can go first. What do you, what do you think Bowman's ceiling is? Because it's hard to – as up and down as he's been, it's hard to nail down, like, is he that guy the first half of OU or he is, is he that guy first half of Arizona? Because those are two very different outcomes. To me with Allen, it's always been about whether he's forcing things or he's not. Because yeah. like you look a lot of that Arizona game last year, he was really, I think, trying to go for a lot of home run balls. Um, he really was just trying to make things happen uh, instead of just – kind of fitting within the framework of this offense, which again, it's just, it's just such a radically different offense than what he was running under Cliff. That was so much more matchup football where, Hey, I know I've got this matchup for this guy. So I'm just going to try to, you know, see if we can get this throw to work kind of a thing. And I think too, he probably got, he honestly probably got spoiled a little bit. And if you look back to, you know, that first season, whenever he had Antoine Wesley to throw to all the time where, yes, you don't even have to worry about it whenever you have a guy like that. You just toss it up and yeah. it'll work itself out kind of yeah. thing. And I don't think – and while T.J. Vasher is a great receiver, whenever he's, you know, playing consistently and he can make any catch you want him to make, he's just not the same kind of guy in one-on-one that Antoine was. Now, you might have that in a guy like Eric Ezeponma, um, yeah. who's I think, I think has that potential. Obviously, a different kind of receiver, but – 
I, I really think it just comes down to, to me, maybe the ceiling for him. Um, it's just for, for him to reach his ceiling, he just has got to not force the issue. And yeah. for him to – and I think as far as the, the player comp for me has always been – and obviously I will pre-warn this. I'm not saying he's going to be this guy. But the best comp for him is Grant Harrell. That's who I've always thought he plays like. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have the biggest arm on earth. But I think whenever Allen gets hot, he can be extremely accurate. Mm-hmm. He can make all the, all the throws and kind of spread it out across the field you want him to. Um, but we'll see what we get. I, I, I really just think that year two in this offense, he's a little more comfortable. Um, he's just got to not force the issue – I think, and try to make things work if he's getting frustrated and things aren't rolling. Yeah, and I think, too, people – he's got weird mechanics. and it's Yeah, not he a, does. It's not a bad thing. And, and you know, coach, quarterback coaches now, it's almost like swings in baseball. Um, like, you don't necessarily want everybody's to be the same. You want to maximize whatever that guy does well. And so a lot of people look at Allen and, and they're like, Ah, that just doesn't look right. But as long as he, like you said, as long as he's not forcing things, he he's accurate from every arm slot, arm angle, feet all yep. jacked up. So, I, like that, that's his mechanics are not a problem to me unless he's trying to force things like he was at the beginning of last season. But, but yeah, uh, Brandon, what do you think? I think we'll hit it right on. I want to add too. I think having a guy like Sir Roderick Thompson back there is going to help him a ton. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you want to have a solid running back back there, but I mean, the last one was who I guess DeAndre Washington really mm-hmm. was that that stud of a guy, and I think Sir Roderick could really, really be a big factor in this offense, and that's just going to help Allen. And then I'm I'm kind of worried about the offensive line because it's kind of all goes on the quarterback. The your two starting tackles for the past few years are now you know gone all of a sudden now you got a transfer starting and then you got Ethan Card over there a younger guy I think they can get the job done it's just they really have to protect Allen because obviously Allen's this offense if he can get this thing going and I I think having I I forgot about it but uh Antoine Wesley just having a playmaker out there I mean just make make you look good you know I mean Eric is that kind of guy there too I think uh, Jalen Polk a lot of these younger guys are really going to help Allen and just kind of you know, hopefully we can see him make it past, you know, however, however many games we've seen him play in so far. But uh, I really like his, his accuracy is really, really good. But, yeah, Coach Yost even talks about his mechanics all the time, that he'll be in practice just making a, a throw that he really shouldn't be making. But he's making them out there. So I'm excited to see it in the field. And again, against Houston Baptist, too, I think he's, he did it in, against Montana State, just kind of showing what he can do. It's just yeah. can we tr- translate that moving forward? Right. And, you know, and you're hoping they've mentioned it several times, the weight he's put on, the strength mm-hmm. he's put on. And that's what that's what helps with injuries. Like it sounds simple, but it really is. I mean, if he can if you can have more bulk and yep. still be able to do what you need to do, that's the goal. And so, you know, just yep. with speaking of his injuries, let's just before we move on, just tell me who's who do you think wins that number two job? I think it's I think it's Maverick barring injury, obviously. But I think I think he's your guy. Will, what do you think? Ah, you know what? If Columbia had been here all, I guess what would he got there to the summer, right? So yeah. if he would have been yeah. here, I think if he would have been in Lubbock on January first, and he would have had that six months to maybe catch up to Maverick, maybe he's your backup at that point, and they, or maybe it's more of a more of a question. But I mean, from everything that you guys have said, and obviously I I haven't seen practice and I haven't been out there, but 
I mean, I, I would I think based off of what I know of these guys' skill sets, um, to me, Maverick is is a lot higher. I guess he just has a higher higher ceiling, I think, than, yeah. than Columbia probably does. And he's yeah. also he's uh, yeah. I, mean, I guess that's just what I'm gonna say. It's it's just so weird because it seems like to me there's not. I'm trying to, I guess I'm trying to think of some way. There's just, it's, it's just, it doesn't seem like one of them definitively to me feels like it's one or the other. I think it'll end up being Maverick, but it's just, it's just such like a 50 50 toss up, which is actually to me a kind of a good thing and not a bad thing. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Because no. I can't remember the last time you've had this many guys uh, at quarterback who have at least a year under their belt in the system, which yeah. Maverick and Henry and Allen all do. Yeah. Um, and I really, mean, Donovan I mean, Smith. I can think of it. Can y'all? No, but even yeah, Donovan, Donovan Smith. Smith I mean, his, his dad, dad yeah, coaches it. His dad was running offense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, all those guys know the offense. So if at any point in a pinch you need one of those guys, unlike a lot of years before, it just feels like they're just there's just a lot more solid footing there. If it's COVID related, or if Allen were to get hurt, or if Maverick were to get hurt. You just have to see if it just feels a lot better than it has before, I think. Yeah, I agree. Brandon, what about you? What do you think? Who's number two? I think it's Maverick. I think uh, just kind of being your, your future guy there. And I kind of want to get off track and ask Will a question, if you don't mind, though. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, obviously, with the COVID, all the COVID stuff going on, all these guys get another year. Allen and Maverick, both redshirted. So, I mean, Allen, what, what guys, has three, four years eligibility left still? I mean – Technically three. Technically yeah. three. Well, I guess including this year, uh-huh. this year four. If you don't, if you freeze the eligibility, so which my is question, crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. Really and so is. my question will is Maverick. Whenever you recruited him, he was going to be your guy. I mean, this was a guy that they had to go recruit right after they got hired, and they wanted to keep. Yep. When's that cutoff time to where you kind of say, okay, here's here are the keys, Maverick. Like with with all this whole extra year of eligibility, the injuries, and all that stuff. Kind of get I mean, ahead of myself, but <laughs> no, I hear you. No, honestly, I think the crazy thing is, I think right now, Allen's the guy, and I think you just got to let it ride that way. Um, I don't think you can upset that the apple cart yourself. I think as a coach, you just kind of have to, and, and Taylor, obviously, you, you might know better than me, but I think you just got to kind of let it play itself out, and you can't try to force it one way or the other. But the more I guess with the eligibility freeze, the more interesting question to me is, is looking even further down the road, what does Baron Morton really think of having these yeah. guys on campus at the same time he's going to be for potentially all of them three years together, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's crazy <laughs> because as I was thinking about the number two, I was like, well, maybe you just – you say Mavericks, your number two – to keep him happy he was the big time recruit he's the localish yeah. kid like you give him the number two job but it's like you said coaches are they're, they're trying to win so if if Columbia's the number two far and away he's going to get that job and if Maverick transfers it sucks but he transfers um and you hope Baron can come in and basically fill that spot you know and, so and I, it's like and you know what what yeah, just 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 real quick, and and I think anybody is fooling themselves if they think that in twelve months, twenty four months, one of those guys will transfer out. I would almost one hundred percent guarantee it. Yeah. yeah, that's just, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that I've got some stupid or something. I'm just saying that's just the nature of the sport now. 
mm-hmm. where somebody's going to end up being the odd man out. I mean, and I think somebody's going to end up trying to play somewhere and who knows who's it's going to be, but yeah. that's just, that's just the way it is nowadays. Yeah, well, I mean, the situation at, last yeah. time was Mahomes, Webb and, and Mayfield. Yeah. Yep. And look and at Georgia's quarterback room. Yep. I mean, Georgia had their starter opt out. Oh, who do we have? We have a five-star transfer from USC. I mean, that's just – yeah. Oh, darn. That's, yeah, that's the nature <laughs> of the beast now. So, actually, right. let's let's move to, to linebacker, which for the first time in my tech fandom, at least recently, I'm excited to talk about. Um, yeah. I guess Speaking let's of just transfers. start there. Yeah, is this the deepest – Brandon, is this the deepest the linebacker group is that you can remember? That I recent, can remember. Recent memory? Yes. I mean, especially since I've been covering them. I mean, we've had this whole Dakota Allen movement, Jordan Brooks movement. You're expecting it to be Rico Jeffers. Now you're bringing in some power five linebackers from Michigan State. Um, you're the NJCAA leading tackler from a year ago. And you're you're bringing in an LSU an LSU guy that's a in Eric Monroe that he can also maybe play that spur position a little bit. There's going to be a lot of interchanging going on, but specifically yeah. the linebackers and then Colin Schooler, obviously who came a week and a half two weeks ago, and yeah. he's already your starting um, your starter at will. So um, just got to run and hit. It's not complicated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, there's some interesting Great. things with the with the depth chart, but. Um, because I think going in, we were talking about these young kids, like uh, at the time, Xavier Benson, uh, yeah. Tyreek Matthews, these kind of guys that are uh, Kosai Eldridge that's going to kind of step up in there. And then all of a sudden you look up, you got four transfers, two or three or four transfers in there. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see if they can somehow manage to get all four on the field at the same time. I, uh, I, think, you, I think you look to do that against Iowa State, Kansas State, certain mm-hmm. texas situations um but the i texted will the first thing on the situation yeah that's true yeah. too and and this is something i want to ask will about because i texted him when we saw the uh the depth chart is as of right now brandon Booer randall is your fourth linebacker that you can bring on like that's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> I, I mean will what what do you what do you think of this depth chart I mean, I think to find any depth like this, you probably have to go back to that 08 or 09 linebacker core. And yeah. even then, I don't, I don't even know if you had this much depth then. And now you, you can argue, you know, obviously I think Rico and Colin Schooler are obviously both like, you know, staple players for you. Um, yeah. So you, and, you know, Krishan Merriweather, like you guys said, you know, I mean, you, you know, had a great year last year. Um, coming in here, and that's really – out of this entire group, he is the most interesting one to me just because I don't really know what he is yet. Who was that? You cut out a little bit. Krishan Merriweather. Okay. Um, Yeah, Merriweather. I just – you know, I don't really know what he is. You know what I mean? Like, like I I know what Rico Jeffers is. He's a guy that laterally is fantastic. you know, he can get a little in a little bit of trouble sometimes, um, making some some rough decisions at times, as you pointed out earlier this year, Taylor. Yeah. Um, in that announced speech did of him. But he's got a ton of talent and like I said, gifted extremely athletically gifted. Uh Schooler just is a guy that plays with his hair on fire at all times. 
So is, you know, how does Merriweather kind of fit in with those two guys or with, you know, like you said, a Brandon Booyer Randall, who's kind of, I would, I would kind of say probably that same kind of guy. Um, you just have a really aggressive linebacker core right now. And that's probably what excites me the most. There's just a lot of really aggressive guys in that group. And you just haven't really had that in a while. Yeah. Aggressive is a good word. I mean, Patterson's first press conference, he compared Booyer Randall to Brooks in terms of speed and athleticism. Yeah. And so that says something. The thing that stood out to me, and Brandon, maybe you can speak to this a little bit, is the the positioning a little bit. Like, I think it's good. I think it's probably good that Krishan Merriweather won the Mike job because mm-hmm. I would have assumed that Rico would move to Mike and yeah. kind of lead the defense. Mm-hmm. But Merriweather winning that Mike job, keeping Rico at Sam – I think is a, is an interesting development. And then the other thing is I thought that spur position was going to be a more of a DB slash linebacker, but you look at the depth chart and you've got Kosai Eldridge and Jacob Morgenstern. Those are two linebackers slash DBs. So it's not a huge difference, but Brandon, what do you think about those two positional developments? Yeah, I'm, I was surprised just as probably everybody else with Jeffers uh, staying on that strong side. And then with Krishan in the middle, I'm guessing they're going to lean on him. Um, to kind of guide you there. It, it And all this, what this does too, is take a lot off Rico's plate because, I mean, two years ago, it's just Dakota. He had Jordan there, which was nice. But then last year, Jordan had, had Rico. Now Rico has Colin Schooler, Kershawn Merriweather, and Brandon Boyer Randall. You know, it takes a lot off his plate. And I think it can kind of ease him in and not really push him to sit, to be that that just that guy that Jordan Brooks was last year that he was just all over the field. And I think that has a lot to do with Jordan just being naturally talented and just yeah. being so good at, at his job, obviously a first rounder. But then um, I think having Sean in the middle is just kind of a good anchor for them there. Uh, the spur position was kind of surprising to me. Uh, Morgan Stern's another transfer that maybe we're not talking enough about. I, I know the coaches really, really like him. And he's going to be a special teams guy, if anything. He was and then, a badass um, on special teams. Yes, I mean, like yes. flying down the field. So if he can just do that on, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, and then Kosai is a guy that I kind of forgot about, honestly. Uh, I have, we've talked about him before in pressers and stuff, right. but I, you know, I guess he's he's a guy that stuck out to the coaches, and obviously he's he's earned his job. Or and there's some ors on here, obviously. And I yeah. asked Coach Welts about this today about that spur position and he said Brandon can easily step in there and play there too. So right. it's just it's gonna be there's a lot of cross training going on. But Which um re- yeah and really happy to see that uh Krishan is kind of maybe that guy that they're leaning on. But like Will said, what are we, what are we gonna get out of him? So um, Yeah. I almost think it's a good thing that we haven't I don't know. You, you go like the fact that it, you just go into the season and, you know, this guy was let, as a middle linebacker, as a Mike linebacker, led the JUCO ranks and tackles and then just steps up and now is, he is your Mike linebacker, no questions. It's like I said, I think oh, that's probably a it good says thing. a lot. But, yeah, because a lot of times with JUCO guys, it seems like, you know, maybe they take a year. And with the depth, like I said, I think he must have won that job because I mm-hmm. think, you know, with the, right. He could have easily been that fourth guy. Yeah. But anything else stand out to you, Will, about the, this group before we move to special teams? Uh, um, it's it's really just a, a, kind of what, what Brandon said. It's it's And what I think Coach Wells has said, too, is these guys are all just so interchangeable on where you're going to play them. 
I'm just excited to see what different packages they kind of come up with here and yeah. how aggressive that, uh, you know, I think that Coach Patterson's finally going to get to be, which don't get me wrong, obviously he was aggressive last year, but I think this kind of gives him even more kind of ammo in his belt, especially, I mean, like, let's tell you guys said, Jacob Morganson's a guy that just runs down the field at a thousand miles an hour. So you add that in with guys like Colin Schooler, Rico, uh, I think, you know, you talk about, you know, Coastline. Eldridge, I think all these guys, even Tyreek Matthews, these are all just such like aggressive guys that I'm just excited to see how he kind of takes advantage of, of just having so much aggression in one group. Yeah, and and he mentions that every time he has a press conference, and he's you know he's like, we are going to be aggressive. That doesn't mean we're going to blitz. And you can see that with the guys they brought in. They, yeah. Like you said, they are aggressive yeah. guys. I think it'd be cool to see. And like we when I was coaching, we called it like a psycho package, but it's basically you. You either take yep. the D lineman off the field and you bring in more line. Like if it's like a third and 12, third and 15, and you basically just put 11 hyper-athletic guys out there and you put them all around the line of scrimmage and nobody knows who's going, who's dropping, you know, who's anywhere. Yeah. And you you have that capability with these guys because, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just think they're athletic and aggressive enough to pretty much Which do whatever you want. Which is funny, they, they actually did some of that, if I remember, 2017, 2018. Gibbs did some of that a little mm-hmm. bit, if I remember right. Yeah, he was just still playing. Remember, like you said, either a radar, yeah, yeah. He was just still playing 30 yards off of at this corner, so <laughs> the quarterback could just hit a 10-yard hitch. So. <laughs> no, if you could see Will's face, it's just disgust. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so oh, let's God. let's before we get to the questions, let's hit everybody's favorite special teams real quick. And the one thing I want to say before I ask y'all, which I'm sure you just have all kinds of hot sports special teams opinions, but um, I think special teams here have been so bad that last year seemed better <laughs> than it was uh, because you look at the analytics on For football outsiders. Average. I mean, yeah, it's average, and in some cases <laughs> below. Was so much better than it was. And so I think that in order to take the leap that we could, like, really have the talent to take, I think that – and that's Coach Wells' thing. You know, he, he's not been shy to say it. So, I don't know. I mean, I just – you just got to become at least good, I think. Take another step. You went from bad to average. Now let's take that step from average to good. So, with all that being said, Brandon, what do you think it would take to go from average to good? Because, really, I mean, we – Field goal-wise, we were good, but what else needs to be done to improve that area? I think just in general, it's kind of generally speaking, but you're just kickoff coverage overall. I think you need to play your – I think Jacob Morgenstern, for example, is going to be just fantastic for you. You need, you need to have guys that want to play special teams as well, and I think that's what uh, Coach Tom had all said before. It's that sometimes you tell a kid you're going to, you know, you're going to be a gunner or something, you know, it's whatever. And they kind of just, well, I'm not on offense. I'm not on defense. I'm not making a, you know, a play. But in essence, I mean, they really are. And they're really helping you. It's just the, that third level of football that Coach Wells never forgets about. And he says if they don't win at special teams, then it, they're probably not going to win a football game. He really does emphasize that. So you're hoping these kids really buy in on that side of things. And uh, I think a lot of times, too, Luke Rizzo last year did a fantastic job at long, long snapper, just kind of going back to field goals. Because, I mean, Trey, Trey was fantastic and Austin was fantastic. But the guy getting him the ball, he, he hardly had any mishaps, if I remember correctly. And then um, 
just but yeah just and it sounds like i'm kind of just saying generic things but i think you mentioned just being above average at those little details will help oh, this yeah. team so much and i'm really excited about Kashawn carter because his speed just mm-hmm. out there just give him some blocks and make some holes for him and he's he's going to be gone and then uh zach mcpherson i think last year y'all can correct me if i'm wrong was the, was he back there for that field goal when doug kind of bobbled it and had that kansas i game? don't remember I, I know, yeah, uh, I yeah but I think Zach had some a few miscues back there, and that's when we did see Chucks go back there. The six foot five Chucks, by the way, he's <laughs> um, <laughs> <grown> the most. <laughs> he's probably going to be on Coach Beard's team soon, but um, yeah. but no, the just you saw Chucks back there. Uh, I think if Zach can kind of just solidify that returning spot and on punt team, then uh, I think this team will be good. I'm surprised they're not really kind of pushing Kashan over there to do both. But yeah. um, maybe that's something they'll play with later. But I think just in general, you just kind of got to be better at those little details. Yeah. Will, anything stand out to you about special teams? I think, again, it's just going back to I've always been of the opinion, however much defensive depth you have, like legit depth you had, is how good your coverage units are going to be. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Which I think is why I feel way better about this probably this year's special teams as far as coverage units than I have in a long time. I mean – Looking, I mean, going back to as long as I can remember, it always seems like every year there have been major issues on specifically kickoff coverage return or kickoff yeah. coverage. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, and then I'm, I'm just excited about uh, see, you know, Trey Wolf and Austin McNamara again this year. Um, as funny as it is, I mean, they were probably two of your best players last year. Yeah, at the end of the day. it's become a joke, um, but it's not. <laughs> It's not. Yeah, they really were. Um, so I, I just, I, I guess to me, if there's any area that I think can make a big jump this year because of how much depth you've added on defense, I think it's your special teams coverage units. I think they can make the biggest jump of anybody. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think you're right about that. And the, the one thing I'll add to the going from average to good is one, you know, people know the stat that turnovers are the biggest correlation to winning and you know all that uh the biggest correlation to scoring is starting field position on drives and tech was terrible at that last year kickoffs punts all of it so just improving that five yards improves your scoring and they were bad at scoring touchdowns so it all goes together so if they can just figure out how to start in better field position then maybe we'll finish some of those drives so um so yeah that pretty much uh sums up the preview so we'll go ahead and get to the mailbag and we have a, a very appropriate first question considering will celebrated his birthday yesterday um uh, <laughs> mr root asks what is the f- will what is the first thing on your to-do list after f- officially becoming an old mow the lawn and a fresh <laughs> pair of new balances and Hanes socks <laughs> he says he needs to know because i'm gonna, gonna be, be close i'm gonna be completely honest and i didn't even think about it turning 30 i actually two weeks ago bought a pair of new balances <laughs> and i'm just being dead serious at least they were like the birthday. air monarchs no, they're not the Air Monarchs, but they're not like old man Air Balances. They are extremely white, and I did not realize how white they were until I, I got them in the mail. But so I was like, that is probably the most 
old thing I've done so far. There you go. All right, Mr. Root, know what to do. <laughs> Nick has a New Balance store, I think. So head that way. And hey, and I will be honest. I'm not just I'm I'm not just changing if I'm fitting myself. There are actually some New Balances. That's why I bought them that are actually pretty good looking now. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, I have a couple. Yeah. There is a scale though. You could definitely end up on the oh, fat boy old yes. man scale pretty quickly. Yes, yes, you can. Yes, yes. You can. What is it? Somebody probably somebody probably listening owns a good pair. Oh, I mean, there's honestly. no doubt. So what, what is it? What is it that uh, I shouldn't bring this up because I can't even remember it? But have y'all seen Crazy Stupid Love? Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling movie. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, when when Ryan Gosling's taking him shopping and he asks, uh, Steve Carell asks him, like, well, what about my 5350s or whatever, you know, talking about yeah. his balance. He, he, goes, he goes, oh, the 9000s. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. looks like disgust. Ryan <laughs> All right, so after butchering, butchering a movie quote, we'll go to T. Stockton's It's Always Sunny themed question, which I have not seen, so Good. I don't get the theme. I haven't seen it either. Hopefully, y'all have. I've tried. I, I don't know what it is. Will, have you seen it? Um, I, I've never seen this ep from this from like this episode. I've seen Always Sunny's always been to me pretty hit or miss. It's either yeah. pretty on or I just you got it's one of those shows where you just got to be you got to be in on the joke. I always yes. feel like yes, and, and I can't get it. sometimes it just doesn't. It's a miss. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I can't get in. Yeah. All right. So he, he does, though, explain, luckily. So um, first, I guess he basically wants us to pick the, the, the leader in the following categories. The first one is looks first off the bus guy. And for me, I don't know what it says about the tech roster in the past, but I picked the second newest guy and I'm going with Tyree Wilson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the A&M transfer. That's exactly He's my who first. I went with. Yep. Okay. Brandon, yep. you're the same. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of looking through and just, I mean, a guy that's 6'6", 280. I mean, yeah. you, those don't grow on trees. So, no. Well, that one was easy enough. So, let's – brains, the most cerebral or best understanding. I went with Zach McPherson um, okay. just because it seems like that's he's been call. talked about in that way, you know, and, and is, is trusted to play all over the secondary. Uh, Brandon, what would you have for that one? You see, I was thinking about Zach, and then obviously you think it's a quarterback – but I think that's kind of generic, and I don't know. I, mean, if, I don't know if you are going to say Allen, but I, I was I would go Allen here. Yeah, I, I hope really, it's Allen. I hope. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And I think that might be why. Switch. Yeah. But um, I think just how long he's been here, Eli Howard. Mm -hmm. I just yeah, and that's the, that's an he could fit in a bunch of categories for you. But, he's been um, here long I, enough to have his PhD, so. Yeah. So when he's <laughs> and when you ask him a question, you know he already, he already knows what you're talking about, or he'll give you enough detail, and he knows what like he knows what he eats. Like he'll tell you exactly to the T what he's gonna be like. They they all do, but he's just real confident in how he goes about things, and he's just somebody that you can trust. Obviously, he's been here for years, like you said, and he can be here another year after this. Yeah. So, but uh, I think I'm gonna go Eli. I do like uh, I do like your pick though. That is a good pick. All right, uh, Will. What about you? Um, the guy I kind of was going to go with, honestly, Taylor was the same as yours, was Zach McPherson. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, maybe if we just want to throw another guy in there, a guy uh, that I think a lot of people sleep on pretty heavily is Dawson Deaton. Yeah, that's As far true. as how good of a job he did as your center last year. Yeah, um, that's, that's a good one. I, I, just, I just thought he was fantastic. And I, I think he's easily the best center you've had since, yeah. uh, since probably Jared Caster, I would yeah. say for sure. 
Yeah. 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 That's a good pick. It's an overlooked one. You're right. You kind of just take that position for granted uh, after as well as he played last yep. year. But um, that's a good one. Uh, the next one, muscle. Uh, I saw a few pictures of. Oh my gosh! A bird just flew into my window. Gosh, that scared the crap out of me. Is that really what that was? <laughs> I thought Mary was like playing a trick on me or something, but then I saw that bird fly off. Good lord! Okay. Anyway, um, well, so did somebody threw their New Balance at you. Yeah, I saw a few pictures of. Uh, Gilbert and Bitamy at practice. And so he looked pretty cut up. And I don't even know if that's what they're looking for, but that's the one I'm going with. Brandon, what about you? Tyree Wilson? I mean, <laughs> double, I mean, double down. Yeah, but yeah. Just because I, don't, I, don't, I want to keep it fresh, but I mean, Ethan Card at 6'8, 315. I don't mean that. That's, I mean, these are old linemen that we're talking about here. And because yeah. Tyree's just, he's just insanely built. And you've seen pictures with him next to average dudes and that's saying other football players. And he just, he, he's insane. But just, um, I mean, yeah, I, I really like Tyree. I think he's going to be really good. And hopefully we get to see if he has his waiver. But, um, but yeah, I, I think t- Tony Bradford Jr. too, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty cut up as, as well. So, one of, it's going to be one of those linemen, obviously. Sounds good, Will. Maybe Booyah Randall would be a good yeah, call that's a good on this. One. I thought yeah. about that one. Yep. That's a good one. Didn't really uh, have much else to add to that. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, and then the last one, the wild card. Um, I thought about going with, like, Leggett, Thomas Leggett, just because I think he's got some good skill, but – just couldn't put it all together yeah. last year. Um, but instead I went with uh, Chedarius Townsend just because I think that he is going to be that wild card on offense. Like I want to see him in a two back sets with Sir Roderick. I want to see him motioned out to receiver. I want to see him line up at receiver. Um, so that I'm just going to go with him because I want him to be that wild card on offense. What about you? Not, Brandon? Uh, not, not Trey Cleveland. <laughs> no, he, he's not a wild card. He, he's, he's going to be good. <laughs> Okay, no, I, I I like that. Uh, Alex Hogan, I don't know if that really counts as a, too much of a big wild card there, but um, your starting corner on the other side, I think he's going to be pretty solid for you. And then another guy I was looking at on this depth chart here, um, I, I like Jalen Polk a lot. Yeah, um, he's kind of like my Trey Cleveland. How you how you see Trey? I yeah. like Jalen. I'd like Loic as well. But I mean, I don't know if there are really much wild cards there. But um, just because those, I think those being fresh guys. Being freshmen, yeah. if they end up contributing, I'd say that's a wild card. And then, I mean, Especially Ethan Card. Seen. Ethan Card. Yeah. Could, <laughs> could be another good spot there. And then Caleb Rogers. So, but yeah, just it's going to be one of those newcomers for me. I mean, so Brandon picked 10 guys for one yes. spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Will, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go a little off the beaten path. Maybe go with Miles Price on this. Yeah. I just am curious to see. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just curious to see once he gets developed a little bit into the season, gets a little further in the season, if he maybe takes on this kind of lightning role that you kind of gave to a guy like Sean Carter in the past. Probably you're not going to yeah. give him as much anymore. Where you know that role where you run an end around or you have some trick play, or maybe you decide to throw him back up there on a punt return or a kick return. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that I necessarily think he's going to be like a staple starter or anything, or maybe even in the primary rotation at, in the slot. But he's a guy that I think 
maybe you just try to figure out ways to get him the ball and he can do some big things for you. Yeah. I mean, I know that's what he did last year for the colony. I mean, it's like I told Brandon last week, it was, he returned. I mean, it seemed like every game he was returning a punt, a kick, catching the ball and running one in. I mean, every week. And he's already, he's already garnered comparisons to Jakeem, which I mean, admittedly, he, um, they even said, you know, he's not as quick or as fast, but he's got the same skill set. No so is. sign me up. Uh, yeah. So uh, next question, Red Raider fan five asked, does it seem to y'all like Yost's route combinations seem to put receivers in very close proximity more than usual? Um, Will, do you have anything there? I've got an answer, um, but I want to see what you say. I mean, a lot of that maybe to me might – and tell me if I'm wrong, Taylor. You're going to know more – probably a little bit more about the offense than I am. Just some of that not have to do with how much you're trying to set up screens all the time and the routes that you're going to kind of build off your formations or not. That's what I was thinking. I know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of that. And it's a – I mean, they were very, very simple in their routes last year. And we can argue about the reasons why. And I think for a reason. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it was, it was either stretch, seam, or screen, bubble screen, or pump the bubble screen, seam. I mean, it was things that are very easy to see. And so when you're running a lot of, when, of seams – you know, the receivers are reading their safety. So if they both get a, you know, oh, the safety's playing outside the hash, I need to cut inside the hash. Well, you may have two slot guys both inside the hashes, and that's, you yeah. know, that's relatively close. That works, yeah. And so I just think that between that and be, just like everybody else being new to the offense, there probably were some things where they read where they read and the DB one way when they should have read him the other way. You know, I don't – I did see some of it, but it's one of those things that I just chalked up to inexperience and the guys you were playing at that point. You know, yeah. I don't know if anybody else has anything to add, but that was kind of my thoughts on that. I mean, usually they're not – I mean, I, I've never seen an offense design where you're going to have that many routes running close together. So, like you said, I more thought it was just kind of user error more than anything else. Yeah. Or guys not being on the same page as far as reading reading defenses or being being right place at the right time. Yep. Yeah. I think that's – Just some I think that year, year one stuff. Yep. I think that should sum it up, which is no excuse. I mean, that it's going to sound right. like an excuse coming from us. It's It's not good. And you can tell because your offense put up points last year, but it was – or put up yards, but it struggled to put up points. And that's probably some of the reason is just miscommunication. Um, So uncle T T bone or uncle T T bone. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, He asked, um, what was your favorite part in regards to schemes that you saw from Wells and company compared to the cliff era? And he asked for offense, defense, special teams. Well, you got a, you got a favorite change in those. Okay. Honest, honestly, it's just the it's the dedication to running the ball. I think you've needed you've needed to do that for the longest time. Yeah. While I think obviously Cliff is as good as there is at matchup football and figuring that out for the passing Design game. There's no one, yeah, there's no <laughs> one better at him than that. But there are just so many times during his tenure where I you, you just never committed, truly committed to running the ball. Yeah. And I was I was reading actually something to read today. I was just kind of going back and doing a little research on it. 
I guess I didn't realize in Yost last year at Utah State, they ran it like 54% of the time or like 55% of the time. Downhill. And if it was up to him. They would, yeah, they would run it and they would run it more if they could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and I think last year you saw, uh, I know people complained about the screens and all that last year, but the reason they threw that many screens, that's part of their run game. Like that's exactly. part of his run scheme. And that yes. opens and that opens up his interior run game in his scheme. So that's why you see all of that. And I think anybody who thinks that's throwing is – you may not throw as many screens because, I'm just being honest, you have a more capable quarterback than you did last year, and you were yeah. tough a little bit by like that last year. Yeah. But I, I just am continually encouraged. I just, I just want to see if this is truly going to be a more downhill running football team this year, which I, which I really want. I want more of that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, I'll echo before I ask Brandon. I'll echo that. Um, it just seems like there is there is a scheme in place, and so it's just yes. a matter of we recruit to that scheme, we focus on that scheme, and that's offensively and defensively. It's we want aggressive players on defense, and you can see it aggressive, in recruiting. Yep. We're and on offense, we want big, tall guys. We want guys that can go up and get the ball. You know, we want it seems like they're recording or recruiting quarterbacks that can move a little bit. Like you can just see that there is a plan in place and it's a plan on the field, off the field, in the weight room, in the way you eat, it is a plan throughout. So I know that's a broad answer, you know, um, but I like everything's definitive, right? What? Everything is like definitive. You you know what it is. Yeah. You, you know, Hey, they want to play aggressive downhill defense. They want to get after the quarterback. Um, they want to try to force you into turnovers. Uh, yeah. And offensively, they want to run the ball downhill at you. And yeah. now, hopefully, they'll get to do the deal which they did at Utah State, where they bombed it down the field all the time. Yes. Well, and then they now we'll we'll see we'll see as far as your tight end position goes. I think you that's still kind of the linchpin you're you're missing. I'm not saying Travis Coons can't be a you know, a solid option for you. And I think an improved player, Yeah. but I feel like for this offense to really take that next step towards that, to that true kind of 50, 50 downhill run game, plus throwing it downfield uh, and, and really just kind of getting it, getting some good mismatches. You really need that tight end in this offense for it to go, for it to yeah. go, go. So it's all about, hopefully you see that this year. Yeah, I mean, it's all about stretching the defense. Like, you want to stretch them horizontally, vertically. I mean, and that includes, you know, running the ball down their throat. That includes tight end up the seam. And that's why those screens are important. If you get those linebackers running side to side, they're not coming downhill as fast when you run it. And so it all – it's complementary football all the way around. And I will say, just before I go to Brandon, the special teams, one thing that I I just like that it is a focus. I feel like it was an often forgot about part of the cliff era and at least i like that wells has taken it over I, I need to see better results but i like that it's a focus now yeah. brandon what about you yep yeah uh, scheme wise i kind of want to hit on what will was talking about at utah state there and they still had jordan love at their at quarterback they didn't care that they had a future first round guy there they were going to do their run their scheme which was run the ball no yep. matter and that I, that's what they can do with Allen. Yep. another thing with the with the special teams and this kind of goes for Matt Wells in general is you can tell and you can see when you're at practice, but you can tell when you watch this team that he has his hand in everything. It's not just, I'm going to spend three hours with the running backs, with the quarterbacks. 
he's he's walking around he's making sure everybody's doing their job and he's getting those little details kind of like what you were talking about taylor where you can kind of just see that he's focused on every single position he's not trying just to score 56 points every game and hopefully let's come out with a win because obviously yeah. can't do that in the big 12 but um and i think he's adjusting very well and then defensive defensively obviously you're not playing 20 yards off your receiver so that's a that's a plus <laughs> and we've mentioned that, that twice now yes but um but yeah the very aggressive the, and it's like it's definitive like uh like will said everything has everything has its purpose and they're making sure that their players understand what that purpose is yeah so um i'm excited to see what they can do this year with now that they have their guys in now that they have their scheme down and just especially on offense but um but yeah, I'm really excited to see Sir Roderick and just kind of see how they kind of use him and up the run game for sure. Because it was talked about last year, and I think a lot of Red Raider fans were upset a little bit because they wanted to see the air raid. That is yeah. what we are traditionally. But this, no matter what you say, Coach Jose is going to want to run the football. So yeah, and then he asks least favorite change, and I'll answer this real quick for me. Uh, offensively, I feel like we were less explosive, and I and that could change going forward, but um, I want to see, and Cliff, honestly, his explosive numbers are getting lower and lower as the years went on. So that just may be talent related more than anything. Um, you know, defensively, I don't have a least favorite change. <laughs> I think all the changes yeah. are good. Uh, and then special teams wise, if it, I'm, and this is the offensive coordinator in me, but if we're going to go for it on fourth down, let's, let's leave the offense out there. I don't need to see a fake. If we're going to go for it, keep the offense out there, which, again, that's just the offensive coordinator and me, but those those will be my least favorite changes. Will, what about you? Any least favorites? Um, I, you know, Yost, I can't blame him for his, his commitment to 11 personnel football. I think if you commit to something and you truly commit to it, you can make it work. It, it, yeah. It'll work itself out yeah. kind of a thing. And he's got a sound scheme. It's going to work. But the thing that I miss and I wish you could, would do more of, especially now that you have, I think, more options there, I would really like to see some 20 personnel. Yeah, that would be awesome. Which means two back sets. Yeah. You just I, – I just have it, – it's just funny because that's always been an air raid staple. You run a lot of 10 and, 10 and 20 personnel. You run a ton of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I just wish you could get more of these backs on the field and use your backs more as more of a passing option, which in this yeah. offense isn't as much of a priority. It's That's more just a personal taste kind of thing. Um, yeah. But I, I wish you ran more. I wish they would run some 20 personnel. And they said they're going to do it, but I also think you need to run some 10 personnel in the Big 12 to get some better matchups. I do. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how true that actually is once you get into it. Yeah. Brandon, what about yeah. you? Any, any least favorite changes? I need more throwbacks. More throwback jerseys. No, <laughs> um, I, I really couldn't really think of any. I think I, I agree with what Will said. I think a lot of it is more personal um, changes that I would like to see. I would like yeah. to see a, a two-back system. And I think that with Chidari's with his speed and then how Sir Roger kind of operates, if you can get them involved in your passing game a little more at the same time, they both just kind of – if he can, if Allen can you know, swing it out right to Chidari's, then you have to deal with his speed. And then, you know, a defense is going to have to adjust to that. But then the, on the other side, you got somebody that's kind of shifty like Sir Roderick. And it kind of just makes you just – everything's kind of just a threat. I mean, and you got to see T.J. Vasher. I think they need to give him some uh, 
because I mean he's talented, and I know a lot of it is off the field, and he he's trying to get his his head on straight, and he he was doing really good, and then had a setback there. But um, I would like to see you just kind of get him the ball a little bit more, especially obviously on one on one cases, and I think he can do that this year with uh, guys like Eric and with with your running backs kind of just being your staple there and just hopefully Travis Coons takes the next steps. And I think it could help him kind of just, and it's not really a change, but I just kind of want to see them get the ball a little bit more towards, towards TJ and kind of see how he does. Cause see if he has that playmaking ability that Antoine had, cause Antoine could make a play. Yeah. And um, I think, I think TJ can too. I just want to see them kind of maybe feed him a little more. Yeah. Yeah. I think both of those are, are good. Um, Bucky Bigsby asked, what's it like being Will McKay's brother-in-law? If, you have, to ask, if well, you have to ask, you can't afford it. Um, so there you go. <laughs> um, Scarbo asked, name one offensive and defensive player from the rest of the Big 12 that worries you the most. And I wrote about this a little bit with my scariest players deal. Uh, Brandon, you have anybody that comes to mind off the top of your head? Brock Purdy, just because you, just because of the, what's gone on in the past, you seem you just can't seem to get over the Iowa State hump, and I think he's going to be the best quarterback in the Big Twelve. I really do. So yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of worried there. And then I'm I'm probably probably butcher's name, and I really can't remember his name. But the that Texas, he's I think he's a D end. Oh yeah, they uh, moved him to defensive end. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of worried about him because somebody mentioned it the other day. I think it was that. Uh, what is it? Uh, I wasn't. I was in the school. It's Sam. Sam Ocho. Was it Sam Ocho? Uh, Out of Texas, that hit Taylor Potts. Was it Taylor Potts? Sam Ocho killed? played it. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I wouldn't hate for somebody mentioned on the board that it, hopefully we don't have that same scenario happen week two. That was it. And was it, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but he he kind of scares you, but Brock Purdy really does, and I, I'm I'm just not scared of Sam Ellinger. I don't know if that's just me. I'm not. I. I. Anyways, that's probably a whole another episode. But oh, I got you, Will. What about you? You mean not? You mean not as not as good Tim Tebow? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is a very good comparison. <laughs> that's just what I've always thought personally. Yes. Um, but um, for me, uh, the guy, and somehow last year, I I don't know what it was, but uh, that Oklahoma State game, for whatever reason, Shuba Hubbard just was not. Yeah the same player as he was against everybody else pretty much last year. No, we did a good job against him. Yeah, uh, they did. No, they Texas made him work. Did a good job against yeah, him. that was my second option. Um, but I, I would just say him. I think he is an elite, elite, elite playmaker in college football. Um, he is just so sh- – I mean, he I, he just does everything so well. I, I think he's a he's a Sunday guy all day, every day. And he's, he's a day one starting NFL running back. So – to me, it's him on offense. Uh, defensively, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the two guys that I thought of, you think you, I would either pick probably Darius Stills at West Virginia or maybe yeah. Caden Stearns at Texas. But those are probably the only two guys I would, I would pick. The, it, it's really weird right now in the Big 12. I feel like we're in kind of this spot where there's, you're, there's just a lot of in-between and there's just not a lot of guys on that side of the ball that I'm just like really scared of right now, individually anyway. Do you yeah. think we have more guys on our side, on the Red Raider side, that they're scared of, like Colin Schooler? I mean, I think it's do closer. We, do we have the guys? So. Is that is that the thing? It's closer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think maybe we tap the brakes a little bit on that. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, Scoots, I mean, Scoots, 
But Schoolers, Schoolers, I mean, he's he's a capable player. I mean, I mean, last year didn't play, you know, as well. But mm-hmm. I think he still is a an all. I mean, he's an all conference kind of player, especially I think in a scheme like this where he can really do his thing and just go go nuts. Yeah. Which I think that's what they'll let him do in this game. Yeah, and my guys for this, I'm agree, I agree with Brandon Purdy, and it's mostly it's less to do about Purdy and something that. Iowa State finished six and six last year, and we've got people like slobbering yeah. over them like they won the national championship. So I think, you know, as, as good as Campbell is and as good as Purdy is, I think a lot of that is the the factor of how good they are against us <laughs> is makes us seem yes, better, makes them seem better than they actually are. Uh, because Purdy is basically playing seven on seven against us because we cannot get pressure on him, which make which any quarterback would look good in that system. So I, if I could say the entire Iowa state offensive line, I guess I would. Um, <laughs> and then yeah. defensively, uh, I think Joseph Osai was who you were thinking of Brandon. So okay. that is, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he, yeah, I mean, he's just a, he's an absolute monster. He has the, he has the capability. And I wrote it in my uh, scary column. Like he has the potential to, to do what, um, what the Chaz, what, when Dallas had to start Chaz Green against Atlanta a few years ago, oh, like God. what he did to Dak, what, what the, what the Atlanta defensive <laughs> line did to Dak, he has the, the capability to do. So anyway, those are my two guys. So let's, uh, let's keep moving here. Let's see. Um, Cole Allen asked, um, with our recent recruiting of bigger receivers, huge offensive linemen, and a lot of tight ends, do uh, I wonder if Wells and Yost aren't trying to mimic uh, Iowa State's offense with the end goal of using multiple tight ends and relying on ball control and mismatches? Will, what do you think? It's, I mean, what it is, it's more really what that Missouri offense was in the last couple of years that they were in the Big 12, you know. Yeah. It's it, it is. I mean, somewhat. I, I don't know if ball control is the right word because yeah, I mean, that was the one problem the pace, I had with that. The the pace the pace that they want to play at is, is I mean they want to go high octane speed downhill yeah. when they can. So I don't know about ball control. I do think they want to play a lot more physical football than you've been yes. playing for the last honestly for the last twenty years around yes. here. Yes. Um, and you can play up. You can play high octane physical football. I mean, Baylor did it for that entire time that Browse was a coach, yep. where they ran, you know, super up tempo, and they were just. This is the thing I think people just forget about those Baylor teams. Those offensive lines and those receivers just mashed on people yes. all day long, and they were that's mean. why they were so good. Yes, yes, it was not fun to play that nope. that offense. Um, so, I mean, to me, the best version of this offense is what you got towards the end of those Missouri years, um, whenever whenever Pinkle was though, oh, not here. Why am I thinking Pinkle? He's a head coach. Um, but when Yost was the OC, um, if, if you can have a tight end or two that, are, that can be all conference-level guys, I mean, like maybe you talk about uh, – is Col- Colter's the guy out of state, right, Kohler? Yes. Okay. If you, if you can have a guy like that in, your, in this offense – then I think this offense can be better than what Iowa State's been. And, um, and last year, Iowa State, Iowa State's offense, I, I guess people just don't remember it, I, but watching them play, they clearly missed uh, Keen Butler and yep. David Montgomery last yes. year. Yes. Because um, Purdy, Purdy was running around for his life a lot of last year just trying to figure out somebody to throw to or 
he just looked lost a lot more. I mean, everybody forgets they almost lost that freaking uh, NIU game this yes. year. Like, they yeah. should have lost that game. They did lose to Iowa. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think you're right. I think they, it's less about let's mimic what Iowa State was doing and more about let's, we need to be physical. If we're going to run it's the physical, ball yeah. late in, yeah. And, and I, and we may see some two tight end sets here in two or three years, but I think it's mostly just like you said, it's physical physicality, which is something that has been missing. So we'll, we'll end on this one. This last question from J dub med. Um, yeah. It has three questions. Uh, I'll dir- Will, I'll let you get this first one just because me and Brandon have said our thoughts before, but um there's been some discussion about recruiting and overall roster with this coaching staff. What's your opinion on the current recruiting class and the current roster? I mean, the current roster as a whole, um, I think offensive line, there are some issues. I think you're going to have to add some guys there, but across the board, I think they've done a great job of filling a lot of holes that you've had specifically at linebacker, probably first and foremost at defensive back, which looks night and day different than it did even last year, but specifically two to four years ago. It's just it's a night and day difference what that position group looks like. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think they've done a good job of finding guys that really fit what they're trying to do. Um, I haven't really had any complaints about recruiting or anything. And um, – so to me, do you do you need to start hitting on some of these high school guys as far as in the recruiting class? I think yeah, you probably need to pick it up here pretty soon. But we're we're just in such a weird time right now, y'all. Where yeah, no uh, visits. You can't get guys on. You can't get guys on campus, and I think it hurts Texas Tech more than anybody else. Yeah, almost maybe in the Power Five with as, yeah. with as isolated as you are, yeah. um, you just can't really do much to get guys out. Uh, I just think you're kind of stuck right now. So. Um, but we'll see. I, I mean, I, I'm, 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 as far as for this class, I love everybody they've got in the class. I think it's a great class. I think all these transfers they've added, for the most part, they're all guys that right now are looking like whether they start or not are going to make an impact on this football team. Yeah. It doesn't. See, now we'll see when they play the games. Yeah. But I mean, it just doesn't feel like there's a miss on any of these guys, at least on paper. Yet there's not been a miss on yep. paper. But that, like I said. Yep. So I mean I'm like I said, I'm 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 excited. I'm I'm just eager to, to see them play some football games and see what's different this year. Um but yeah, re- recruiting as a whole, I don't have much to complain about. And I and I think too, maybe one one part of it I think some people just don't want to admit is is Texas Tech football has just not been very good for a long time. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think I think you're I think you're fighting an uphill battle right now. Um where you're just going to have to win some football games to truly, I think, take that next step yep. in true, like, high school recruiting. You're going yep. to have to do it. Yep. you got to win games. You've got to win. That, that, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, Brandon, it's a, I got this question for you. Compare the defensive depth chart to the last 10 years on defense. And we touched on it a little bit earlier, but any other thoughts? Just, should I just sum it up? Because it's, it's just – I mean, 10 years ago, how old was I? 14? <laughs> Only you can answer that. Oh man, I'm gonna say it's uh it's night and day because I mean obviously ten years ago it's 2010, post Harrell, all those guys. Is that is that the downhill? Aren't isn't there something like the bad years of Texas Tech or something like that? Years of suck. It was like 2000. Yeah, the years of suck. 12, 13, something okay. like that. 2011 is the ultimate year of suck. I think. Yeah. So, so yeah. obviously it's not gonna be the year of suck 
uh, if I'm trying to predict this right, I think it's gonna. I think he's getting this ship kind of righted out, and it's gonna be um, just progress over the next two or three years. And I mean, when we're looking at this roster, I think, like Will said, on paper, it it's fantastic, uh, the, especially on defense. Um, another name that sticks out is obviously Xavier Martin. Now he's at DB, and uh, they're they're still trying to work with what what Cliff's left behind, which I really appreciate because sometimes those guys. Obviously, when you lose a head coach, it's something that not everybody wants to go through. But it seems like Wells has really given a, given these guys a shot. And I think he kind of just – I think he's winning over this fan base. He's not winning over, winning over everybody just because of the one-loss record, per se. But this uh, this defensive – specifically this defensive depth chart is just way better than what you've had in, in recent years, especially from what I can remember. Because I've never really seen a stud Texas Tech defense, really. Yeah. It's always been the offense, right? Yeah. But um, they still got to do it. But the the pieces are there. The pieces are there, and um, the pieces are there on your three deep. So I'm really excited to see guys like uh, like Philip Bleedy, a lot of these freshmen that can really get your program going moving forward. Yeah, and his last question here was, I'll just take real quick was, will we see a significant improvement in year two in the running game? And you know, he he asked about tight end. Um, and I think it'll have less to do with tight end and more to do with Sir Roderick being a year older, a year better, getting Jack Anderson back, more continuity. All of that to me will help will help the running game. You add Xavier White, Chariots Townsend. So I, I think the running game will be better. And it was good last year for as for as, you know, little depth that you had. All right, so before we get out of here, me and Brandon, we can do our predictions later, but I don't know when we'll see Will again. Well, I know I'll see him on Friday, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know when the collective we will see Will again. So what are your, what, give us a prediction for this year. It doesn't have to necessarily be record, but just how do you think it goes? Do we think we learn things about Wells? Are we going in the right direction? That kind of stuff. What do you think? I, I mean, I think – you know, if you if you make five and five, six and four is your, is your final record, I think you should be pretty pleased with that. Uh, I think in a transition year where where to me it's always you know year one is obviously the quote unquote transition year for any coach, but I don't think you really know much about how the tenure is going to go until year two. Year two is where regardless of how the record turns out, you know I think you get a feel for is this going to work or is it not going to work kind yeah. of a deal. And to me, that's that's really what what why I'm just eager to watch football this year is okay. How much of a difference am I going to notice in this year's team versus last year? Because last yeah. year you still have the bleed over from Cliffs, Cliffs teams, and Cliffs era, um, and there's still a lot of adjustment going on. Now you're full on in the program. Now everybody's been in it for a year, you know, a year and a half. So at this point, it should be it should look like Matt Wells' program, even if it's not quite his players up to where he wants them to be or wants the roster to be. The program should look like the program he wants. So, um, so to me, I, I mean, I think, yeah, five and five, six and four is probably what you're looking at record-wise. Yeah. Um, and I think some of that, too, has to do with, I think, I personally, I just think the Big 12 isn't as maybe strong as it's been the last, the last bit. I think I, I think obviously that. I think I think Oklahoma is going to be pretty good. Um, I think Oklahoma State's getting a little too much hype. Um, I like them, but they were just so up and down last year. Um, yeah. I think they're getting a little too much hype. 
We um, dominated them. We dominated yeah. them. That should say all you need to know about their <laughs> up and down nature. Yeah. And then uh, I watched that Baylor game that they, they gave that one away 100%. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so, so to me, uh, it's just a weird transition year in the Big 12 too. So five and five, six and four, um, really looking for that next big step from the offense to kind of add that six to eight, you know, hopefully 10 points a game uh, and, and just be able to score more. You've got a lot more team speed than you've had the last couple of years on that side of the ball yes. uh, across the board, which I think I'm really excited about. So, um, so yeah, I, I think five and five, six and four, and uh, you, you get it rolling for year three, which to me uh, defensively, you know, it's going to be interesting next. Well, I guess we'll see how all the eligibility free stuff works out. But I think yeah. if that does work out to me, you've got a lot of potential going into that 2021 season. If things, if you just kind of take that step, that, that step up this year, yeah. I think next year has, you could have a lot in the cards next year. Yeah. And close games are very random year to year. Like if you were good in close mm-hmm. games one year, that doesn't mean you're clutch or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a stat that goes up and down. So being as bad as tech was in close games last year to me means that, they can't be worse. Like they can only be better. Yep. And I think that gets you another win or two. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, well, I mean, well, I mean, I know we've talked about a bunch of, and you all have too, and I have with other people, but last year you're five plays from probably eight and four. Yeah. Being it's honest. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's stupid. Um, so five, six plays right in four. So, so yeah, just one more year. And I also think too, there were some definite times last year, I think where, Matt, where Coach Wells, I think there were some decision-making things where he probably goes back and does different on it this year as far as yes. going forward on fourth down or not. Yes. Um, I think some of that is just playing in the Big 12. And yep. I, I just think that – don't get me wrong, they were super aggressive. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw some metric the other day. They were the most aggressive the, yeah. team on fourth down. They were. I think maybe, maybe you aren't as aggressive, and I think you're just going to have to get a better feel of and you know, y'all, y'all have been in it for years, just like I have. The Big Twelve, you just kind of have to pick your moments to be aggressive. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think if he can get a better feel for that, I think that you, I think that you'll, you'll be looking up this year too. Yeah. Well, that was a that's a great way to end it. Great summary is what we're looking forward to this year. I know we worked on Brandon's new preview earlier today. That'll be up, and I've got a preview going. So we're gonna get everything rolling as we move forward into game week. So, uh, Will, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. That was a pleasure to uh, be on and uh, excited to get some football this weekend, boys. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers yes. crossed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully things go well and we're having – everybody's excited to talk football. We'll have you on again. But um, yeah. anyway, thanks again watch for joining us. Watch out for those us. birds, by the way, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to watch <laughs> out for the birds. All right. We'll see you all next week. Change my mind if you ever switch it up